0: Uh, If I've not met you before, my name is Paul. I'm one of the site pastors here at the Central Site. Don't worry, Dan and I aren't tag-teaming. I thought I'd just introduce him and and pray for him to you guys. So, um, Dan is... uh Oh, he is an absolute legend. We have worked closely together for the last couple of years. Um, Dan interned for me uh, as my role in worship pastor, and then over the last year, we have worked on everything together. Um, Really excitingly, some of you will know this, some of you won't know this, uh, but Dan is becoming our student pastor, which, there we go, which is really exciting. Um, and we can't wait to see what the Lord will do uh, through him and you guys as students in our church and in the city. Um, but you know what, there's loads I can say about Dan, loads of you, many of you will know him, but I think for me the biggest thing is that he just really loves Jesus. And so I'm really excited for him to, to share tonight, uh, and would love to pray for him as, as he begins. So join me in it. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and fill Dan now. God, we thank you for his deep love for you, and we just pray that the word that he has prepared with you um, would speak to us this evening, Lord. I pray that we would have soft hearts and open ears to hear your word through him this evening. So come and move in power, Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Oh, hello. Good evening. That's boomy. I like it. Paul is such a good person to have introduced you because he's so encouraging. I'm am th- actually thinking of taking him to some of my big meetings when I'm at work, just so we can go in before and like do a little spiel. As he said, my name's Dan and I'm part of the team that helps lead this evening service. I'm also so excited to be taken over as the student pastor. I believe the Holy Spirit has many many dreams for the student community, and I believe that we're going into a season where we will see many people come to know and to love him. Tonight we are continuing our series looking into the life of Peter, and in particular we're going to look at a topic on sharing Jesus. This is something I'm really passionate about because Jesus has 100% transformed my life. When I was 16 I was living a life that was very different to the path that Jesus had for me. But on a train in the early hours of the morning, coming back from a party, the Holy Spirit encountered me, and I encountered the love of God afresh. And in that moment, I recommitted my life to the Lord without really knowing what I, what I was doing, but knowing that this was all I wanted, which is to recommit my life back to Him and say, would you use me? And I'm laid down for you, I'll do anything for you. And ever since then, I've been on a crazy adventure with Him following that commitment I'm passionate about sharing Jesus because I can tell you firsthand that he changes lives because he is life I don't know how you feel about sharing Jesus I wondered when I first mentioned that we were going to talk about it how, what, how did it make you feel maybe you feel excited you're a natural sharer of Jesus and you just love to do it or you're like oh yeah I'm really excited to learn more about that maybe you feel afraid or ashamed You feel like you know you should share Jesus, but if you're honest with yourself, you never really do. Or maybe you're like, who's Jesus, and why would I want to share him? I hope that if that's you tonight, then you will see the beauty of who Jesus is and how passionate he is about you. But also that you would see that becoming a Christian isn't just about coming here on a Sunday and trying to obey some rules, but it's about an adventure with your heavenly Father carrying his kingdom on this earth and that if you believe Jesus is who he says he is then he is 100% worth sharing wherever you're at tonight I want you to know there is no shame no condemnation and that you are truly loved and treasured by the king of the universe your identity is not placed in how good you are at sharing Jesus it's placed in his love for you the love that never changes and won't ever end you will never make him love you more by something you do and you'll never make him love you less by failing at something. Notice where you're at with sharing Jesus tonight because I believe that wherever you're at, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to the thoughts and the feelings that we have associated with sharing him and lead us into greater freedom. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into looking at the, looking at the passage we have tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are so, so good. I thank you that you know every heart in this room. I thank you that you have journeyed with us for so long. And I pray that as we look at this topic tonight, your joy would fill our hearts. And Lord, we love you more and more. Amen. Last week, our associate pastor Alice spoke about how Peter was unqualified, but then went on to do amazing things with God. And Alice used a great passage in Acts 3 to show how this played out in Peter's life. And if you weren't here, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because the passage Alice spoke about in Acts 3 was so good, we're going back there again tonight. So if you have a Bible, then you can turn to Acts 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 10. If you don't know a Bible, don't worry about it. The words will come up on the screen behind me. If you're new to the Bible, then Acts is a book that comes just after the book of John and comes just before the book of Romans. And it tells the story of the early church and looks at the missionary lives of some of the leaders of that church. One of whom is our man Peter. So, here's the story. Peter and his pal John are walking to get to the temple for their afternoon prayer time. And as they're walking, a lame man is being carried out to one of the gates of the temple. And seeing Peter and John walking past, he calls out for money. Peter and John, hearing this, look straight at him. And we pick up in verse 4, Peter saying, look at us. And the man gives him attention, thinking, yes, I might just be about to get some money. But he's completely unaware of the life-changing encounter he's about to have. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. If you're looking for for an answer to the question, why share Jesus, then this is one of many examples in the Bible of why. This man has been lame since birth, which you find out in Acts 4, he's over 40 years old. And after this one encounter with one person sharing Jesus, his life is transformed. And for the first time, he gets to walk and dance into the temple that day, praising God. Why share Jesus? Because he is the answer. He is the life changer and he is the only true savior. We should not be ashamed about sharing Jesus because he is love and he is freedom. And tonight I want to look at two things on sharing Jesus from this passage. Firstly, becoming a people who stop and share Jesus. And secondly, sharing Jesus with power. So the first, we need to be a people like Peter who stop to share Jesus when we hear and see the people in our lives calling out to us. For Peter in this moment, it was a beggar on the street. For us, it could be a work colleague a gym buddy or a family member. It could be anybody who we encounter, people we've known for five seconds or people we've known all our lives. It sounds simple, but the first rule of sharing Jesus is that we actually have to stop to share him. You can't share something with someone if you don't stop. So, how do we become a people that share Jesus? Well, I think first we have to address the obvious question which is, why don't we stop? The reality is we can come up with many reasons, can't we? 20% of the time we might be out on the streets and we think, oh, I could go share Jesus right now, but the ideal weather for sharing Jesus just isn't there. Most of the time it's raining, sometimes it's sunny, but all we know is we don't need to be out here, that person doesn't need to be out here, let's all go home. Or maybe 5% of the time you're at work and you think, oh, I could share Jesus with my colleague right now but you know what, my lunch is just like sitting a little heavy in my stomach, I think I need to go lie down because this isn't good, well let's get real for a moment, probably about 10% of the time whenever we want to share Jesus, it's like, I feel like I need to go to the toilet right now, (laughs) and you know what, I want to say all jokes aside, if you're in that position and you really do need to go to the toilet, then my advice is just go, likelihood is you can probably go and find that person later. But sharing Jesus with someone, when you feel really tense, you're feeling extra nervous anyway because you're doing something bold, but then you need to go to the toilet and you're like, oh, this isn't good, so you rush through a prayer and rush off the toilet. Not a good look. 30% of the time you think, oh, I could share Jesus right now, but that person looks scary. 23% of the time you haven't had enough coffee yet, and so you're not awake. 55% of the time, you're actually thinking about something else. You're not really listening to what the person's saying because you're thinking about a TV show or about football or about anything else. Or more seriously, you're thinking about the worries in your own life, how you might come across. The excuses build up and all of a sudden, 127% of the time, I added all those up, sort of, we just aren't stopping. And not only are we not stopping, we've come up with a catalogue of excuses of why we shouldn't stop. I think the enemy has tried and succeeded in complicating sharing Jesus. And he's trying to try to distract us from our main commission set out in Matthew 29, 28, sorry, verse 19, <laughs> to go out and make disciples of all nations. And as I was preparing this talk, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's time for the enemy's confusion and distractions to end. That we are all called to share Jesus, whether we've been a Christian for a day or thousands of days. And the Holy Spirit personally wants to show us how we can put aside the excuses and come to him with the real reasons of why we sometimes struggle. I joked about the excuses we have for not sharing Jesus, but what's really behind why we don't share more regularly? I think often the answer will be different for all of us. On Monday, absolutely bottled it. Going to take a drink because there's a bottle. <laughs> anyway, on Monday, I absolutely bottled it. I was chatting to a few of my colleagues, and one of them mentioned how they'd been on a work social to go down to the bay to do that like, water inflatable thing. Sounds cool. But he mentioned how he had like a, a really sore neck and back. And I... I'm not kidding, in about two minutes, he mentioned it about three times, and I still bottled it. Three opportunities, and I still bottled it. I've prayed for people in my workplace before. I worked for a bank. I've prayed for people in my workplace before, and so this wasn't anything new, and I bottled it. I asked the Holy Spirit before I go to work, would you reveal opportunities for me to share Jesus, and I bottled it. I knew tonight, I was talking about sharing Jesus, and wow, what a cool example this will be. (laughs) And I bottled it. (laughs) And after trying to come up with some random excuses why I couldn't have shared Jesus in that moment, I went to the Holy Spirit and said, sorry for missing the opportunity. Would you reveal to me the real reason why I didn't share Jesus in that moment? And I felt he revealed for me the reason was that I was scared of being ridiculed by people and I was scared of losing relationship with people that I cared about. I had just become afraid of the consequences rather than trusting the Holy Spirit and being obedient to the Bible. And in the moment of coming to him, I felt like he reminded me of who he made me to be, which is bold and courageous and just a little bit crazy sometimes. And he said, we'll go again next time. So often we get afraid of going to the Holy Spirit because we think that we're going to feel terrible and we get, we, our shame cloaks us, which stops us from going to him. He's never like that. What's the real reason why you don't share Jesus more regularly? Maybe it's that you don't always think God is good enough to show up. Maybe you don't believe that the Holy Spirit will work through you because you tried it once and it didn't work. Tonight I want to challenge you to go home and when you get alone with the Holy Spirit, which we can all can do because we can all pray, ask that question. What's the real reason why I don't share Jesus more regularly? You may hear many things or you might hear one. And my challenge is what would it look like for you to remove that re- one of those reasons from your life? What would it look like for you to stop just a little bit more? This isn't, when we talk about sharing Jesus, this isn't about feeling like we have to go from never sharing to taking every single opportunity. I've been doing this for, what, a few years now, and I definitely do not take every opportunity. It's not about going from never to always. It's about going from never to the next step for you. And again, we have to come back to the why. Why do this? Why bother? Because people need to know that they have a father that loves them so much that he sent his son to die for us. That we can have relationship with him and have life to the full in him. People need to know that. We need to be a people that stop to share Jesus for the sake of those around us. Not so we can feel better about ourselves or have more numbers so we can come and boast the church. But for the people around us. Sharing Jesus is not a numbers-driven business. Sharing Jesus is a posture of the heart in obedience to do the will of the one who sent us and for the sake of those around us. I'm gonna say that again. Sharing Jesus is not a numbers-driven business. It's a heart's posture of obedience to do the will of the one who sent us for the sake of those around us. And the second thing I wanna draw out from this story is the way that Peter shared Jesus, shares Jesus with power. Peter doesn't try to convince, persuade, or use his own intellect to share Jesus. Peter recognizes the need of the man, and he recognizes that need as Jesus. This man needed Jesus for physical healing. For 40 years he'd been there, but that wasn't the most important thing that he needed. He needed to know that Jesus saw him in his pain and wanted relationship with him. Often when we do end up plucking up the courage to share Jesus, it's ineffective because we haven't even considered what to share when we get there or we've tried to do it without power. When I was 18, I did a discipleship school in Australia. So obviously, at 16 I was on the train, went to being like crazy Christians. I was like, where shall I go? I'll go to Australia. Um, and I did a discipleship school there and they were big on sharing Jesus. As a young British person who didn't like talking to people, I was not so keen on sharing Jesus. First time we went out to share Jesus, I didn't do it because I didn't want to. <laughs> Let's be real, I didn't want to. Second time, I still didn't want to. But you know what? I was like, I can't go back there and say I've not done it again. Like, you know when pro- like a little bit, you're like, oh, man, I just can't go. I was, I was a little bit too proud. Pride's usually a bad thing, but sometimes it just gets you to do the right thing. So what I thought, right, well, I need lunch and I need to share Jesus. So where's the best place to do that? Subway, obviously. More because I needed lunch and I loved Subway at the time rather than sharing Jesus. So, I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, I'm shaking. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sweating. It was hot, it was in Australia. Walk into Subway, i mean, I'm like, the guy greets me and goes, good day, mate. What can I do for you? And I'm like, uh. I've completely panicked. I haven't even thought about what I wanted to order. And I go, oh, I'll have an Italian BMT, uh, foot long, on hearty Italian, please, mate. Great. Do you want it cheese and toasted? The happiest guy in the world. It's so good. And I'm like, uh, yeah, thank you. Move along. We're getting closer. To, I was like, I'll share, I'll share Jesus when I get to the end because he won't mess with my food then. <laughs> and he goes, what salad do you want on it, mate? Uh, lettuce, um, cucumber, tom- no, not tomatoes, um, sweet corn, gherkins. Great. Do you want any sauce with that? Yeah, ranch sauce, please, mate. And I'm now feeling pretty good, because I've done about two minutes of like, life with this guy, and he seems pretty nice. So I'm like, I'm feeling pretty confident. Get to the end. Ooh, get to the end. He hands it to his colleague on the next till. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. I've just done life with this guy for two minutes, and I've built up the courage to share Jesus, and now I've got to do it with this guy, who I haven't known for two minutes. See, so guys, that'll be $5, please, mate. I don't think he was as happy as the previous guy as well. Like, I give him the $5, take my subway. About to walk out, and then in half panic, half shout, half desperation, I just go, I just wanted to say, I feel like Jesus loves you. Obviously, Australia's coming out of me as well. I feel like Jesus loves you, and you're doing a great at your job, even though I haven't really known you. But anyway, I take my subway, and... What is the point of that story? <laughs> when we try and share Jesus in our own power, and when we don't think about what we say, then our sharing is never really going to bring about any real transformation. It might be encouraging, and what I said was encouraging. Like, the guy was good at his job, probably, I do not really know. It might be about really being encouraging, but I believe if we're going to share Jesus and see people come to know him, then we need to give them an opportunity to encounter him. And I believe we can do this in two ways. The first is when you can, always offer to pray. Whether you're on the streets or in the office or at home, offer to pray. If we can pray with people, then we give them a chance to encounter the Holy Spirit. And that is the best way we can share Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, it says, Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. When we get to share Jesus with someone, we need to be asking him, what is he doing with this person? And we need to be asking, what are you asking me to pray for? Where in your life have you tried to share Jesus with your own wisdom, power, or words? and i ask you this question when you try to do it in your own wisdom power and words has it actually been any good we're not about convincing people we're about sharing jesus with power we see that in peter's life in this passage he doesn't mess around he doesn't even ask this dude if he wants to be prayed for he just goes for it and he and this man is healed in jesus name and his life is transformed as I said earlier, I've offered to pray and I've prayed for people in my work. And you know what? There's something so beautiful about the moments when you get to pray for someone and you give them a chance to encounter the presence of God. Yeah, they might say no if you offer to pray, but they might say yes. And when you're praying, praying for healing, for a knee or a foot to be able to get down on your knees and touch their ankle and say, this is how much I love you that I'm willing to share Jesus and get down and touch your foot that may or may not be clean. And it also models to them what it looks like for a servant king to do it. This is what G- Jesus came and did a whole lot worse for them. But we can model it. And in our prayers and in the, them getting to encounter him, that will do so much more for them than any of our words could ever do. Pray for people. The second is to share power stories, particularly if people don't want you to pray for them. Tell stories of healing, of transformation, and freedom. Tell stories of love of what Jesus has done in your life. Be personal and think about what you're going to say in advance. In my story, I was so keen to tick a box in that subway that I didn't really think what it meant to share Jesus in that moment. I just blurted something out, an encouraging blurt it had no real power share Jesus in all his glory rather than the toned-down version that we sometimes want people to think sometimes we get so afraid of actually declaring what we believe and for Peter it was that I believe that God heals you and he loves you and he wants to encounter you right now we believe that too let's not tone it down tell stories about how you were buried in anxiety but then Jesus. Tell stories how you were addicted to something, but then Jesus. Tell stories of hope and freedom. Tell stories of healing. I believe that the challenge we face is whether we're gonna make a decision to make sharing Jesus a priority or not. As the church and in my own life, I feel like there's a risk that we can end up playing, sharing Jesus. We can dabble in it. And I feel like the call is to make it the most important thing in our lives and wholeheartedly give everything to do it. And I feel the call of the Holy Spirit for our community is to lay down the excuses and the shame that has held us back and to come to Him. To be willing to persevere through the battle and to run to the Holy Spirit when things get hard or we get scared. To simplify sharing Jesus and share with power. Because in him, when we go to him, we will find the answer. And he is so gracious and so kind and loves to journey with us. Why do we go anywhere else when we're struggling with something? As I finish, I want to say, whether you feel like you're great at sharing Jesus, or you've never done it before, I feel like tonight there's an opportunity to recommit to him and say, I want to share you. I want to see freedom in my community, city and nation, and I believe you're the answer. I don't know what it looks like, but please take my yes and take me on a journey for the sake of those around me. It's not about having the answer, it's about a yes. Because Jesus is so unbelievably worth sharing. And you will see lives transformed when you share Jesus. So why don't we stand?